0: Poopy, poopy diaper. Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Masters podcast (laughs) for the week of March 18, 2013. This is actually episode 186. We meet at this time. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, we're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the Podcast with me today remotely are
1: Jackie Rotaco, account manager with
2: Interval,
0: and uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. So, we were having a little joke about um, we as we're recording this, we see that another carnival cruise line has has had a mishap, (laughs) and literally the the toilets start stop working all this, and somehow we got to the phrase poopy cruise diaper. (sighs) (laughs) Which we thought would be an awesome title for our podcast. So now that we've actually inserted it into the podcast, Mm -hmm. we can we can title the podcast that, and then (laughs) Poopy Cruise (laughs) Paper. Adam, what was your response to that? What are you worried about? Oh well, we've we've had interesting show
2: titles in the past. (laughs) One of which was uh, we've probably talked about this one a couple times. It's always it's always fascinating to see. Where our inbound traffic comes from—that's <laughs> that search related from Google. We had an episode once, somewhere in the show, we had referenced. We talked about panties. I'm not sure why. It was probably a legitimate conversation totally legit. around something. But then it was—it ended up to like these like pre used panties or something. And we were talking about how that didn't even make sense. Well, anyway, we ended up titling the show that, and then we had all sorts of just weird, <laughs> creepy. Search traffic for the episode of The Bastards that was uh, pre-used panties. Yeah, I think we ultimately cha- went
0: back and changed the title <laughs> to get uh,
2: get our analytics back in order. But um, it was it was funny. All right. Well, so we we'll have to see what to kind see. of yeah, what kind of traffic we get from uh, Poopy Cruise <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Which see also
0: it. makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> well,
2: maybe we'll come up with something better as we get into the show. <laughs> Let's hope uh, so. All
0: right. Okay. So now let's dive into healthcare marketing before people go, What is this? I always think of the person that's that listens to our show and says, you know, to somebody they meet, You should really listen to this, this is great. And then they somebody tunes in yeah, for the first time. Scary. When we start an episode like this, they're like, What the <laughs> Well, you know, if, if they people
2: if the, if it's somebody who listens to podcasts or radio shows in general, hopefully they value, you know, people having a little fun and Maybe that'll be appealing
0: rather than being a turnoff.
1: Hopefully they value Poopy Cruise Diapers.
0: Poopy Cruise Diaper. <laughs> right. And who doesn't? All right. Speaking of Poopy Cruise Diapers, let's talk about the Healthcare Marketing Strategies Summit.
1: Okay. <laughs> How's Good segue? transition.
0: How's that segue? <laughs> yes. Nice segue. Uh, we're going to be there in spades. So it's May 7th. I'm sorry, May 5th through May 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Scottsdale, this is the it's the 18th uh, conference, 18th annual conference put on by the Forum for Healthcare Strategists, and we're going to be there in a number of capacities. First off, uh, I will be speaking with Susan Solomon, who is a client and friend. She's the VP of Marketing Communications at St. Joseph Health System in California, and we're going to be talking about the critical value of brand in a changing industry. Uh, so there's so many changes going on in the industry and uh, not the least of which are all these new kind of entities and ventures that people are creating from partnerships to affiliations to ACOs uh, and how you go about thinking uh, how you brand those entities uh, all the way through to the classic challenge of what happens when you acquire a physician group or you just want your system to move uh, from maybe a, a mixed brand model and endorsed brand model to a unified brand model. So we're going to cover all that in an hour. We're going to get it all done. Good luck to you. And that so that's the first day. Yes, that's the first day. And then the third day on Tuesday, uh, I will be presenting uh, on digital marketing strategy with Chris Boyer, who, as we know, is the uh, associate vice president of digital strategy at North Shore slash Long Island Jewish Health System. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So uh, that's always a fun one to do, and lots of good stuff to come out of that. And then finally, Jackie, you want to give them you know, the biggest news of all.
1: Yeah, branding at the bar, peoples. We are going to be... <laughs> that's exactly the type of music we're going to be playing, too. Uh, we are going to be co-hosting that with Eruptor and Medicom um, at the Forum. What, this would be Monday, um, May 6th in the evening. So it's from 6:30 to 8:30. The room is still TBD, but we have one and it is going to be a fun party. So we really hope people stop down and um the biggest thing of the evening is we'll be giving away 3, and I mean 3 iPad Minis to what? People who attend.
0: You mean what I'm, you say and you say what I you mean. I am not
1: joking. So so yeah, stop on by. You
2: know, I would I I being being a loyal ipadist is that, is that the word ipad
1: it is now diced
2: yeah <laughs> ipadite ipadite uh yeah. since the first one and now i have the ipad 3 now my next one will definitely be the mini i have my we, my mom got one for christmas i had a chance to play around with it and i really like the fact that you can just easily manage it in one hand i like to read when i'm in bed it's either the current ipad is kind of heavy for that um <laughs> that's the one i'm gonna go with the mini so
1: I've heard, I've heard good get things. Get on down
2: to branding at the bar and get yourself a perfectly sized iPad.
1: What is it like? Point. F-
2: I'm gonna oh, s- go ahead, Chris. What's no, I was just right. gonna say,
1: is the iPad Mini like 0. 0.5 ounces, like lighter than the other one? The other one just falls on your face in bed, and this one.
2: <laughs> it's a lot. It's a, yeah, I can't hold it up. I've got like a drumstick that kind of wedges it up in front of my face. No, it's um, yeah, it's quite a bit oh, okay. lighter. It's it's yeah. a lot easier to just manage in one hand. Well, cool.
0: Well, without subreferencing too far away from what we were talking about, I, the saddest thing that's happened to me in the last day is that I've, I've read yet one more article or blurb about how horrible it is for you to read on an iPad or any really? tablet that has that LED lighting. It's awful. It literally, like, um, it's like it'd be like laying in bed and then staring at the sun for an hour <laughs> and then trying to go to sleep. It's so screws with your internal systems. Um, so so it just depresses me because like you, Adam, I I enjoy reading. I like having my novels on my iPad so I can take them with me, and I like to do that when I get to bed. It's like something I've done my whole life. And I'm trying to think, you know, is this really impacting my sleep? And it may be. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, you know, they talk about it, even if you hold it like every inch you hold it closer to your eyes is like more damage you're doing. It's not like permanent damage. It's just – I can't remember what it's called, but it literally does something to your... Um, it, it suppresses something uh, that, that helps you go to sleep. Melatonin or something like that? Sure. What about like a Kindle? I assume those are fine with the e-ink. Yeah. I, I, still, prefer, the, I still prefer to read on my Kindle, I,
1: I, to yes, be honest. it's the
0: type of screen. It's a specific, the iPad specific... I think it's LED. LED. I mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah that. I love Kindles. Okay, so maybe I switch back to my Kindle.
1: I think you should.
2: Yeah, there's Don't new ones. They've eyes. got the one that has a screen. They've got a new yeah. one with a screen that illuminates a little bit. It's still e-ink, but there's like a, it's like the paper. White I have or that one or something.
1: Yeah, it's pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. Okay,
0: that was too much of a sub reference. We are now. <laughs> We're back on track, people. <laughs> we just killed too much. We're back on track. And I want to add one more thing about branding at the bar because this is one of those things that when we started it, the name meant something, and now it means absolutely nothing. But we're keeping it because it actually has built its own brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who have been there know how awesome this is. Essentially what this is is it's a a little cocktail party, Mm -hmm. and the um, centerpiece of it is a trivia game where we mix in healthcare marketing and branding trivia with random trivia – uh, And it's a blast. People love it. And then that's how you win your iPad mm-hmm. mini. So you
1: have to participate to win, so, people.
0: Yes. Drinks and food, and it's it's really a light, informal atmosphere. There's no selling going on. Uh, It's just a fun mm-hmm. thing to do. So we really hope if you're coming to the forum that you will join us for that. All right. So let's move on to even deeper, more important healthcare marketing stuff. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet, but we posted a new blog post, actually sent it out through our e-newsletter about, what was that, two mm-hmm. weeks ago? Two weeks ago. About a week ago. Uh, right? <clears throat> so we are starting uh, a series on content marketing, uh, and this is just such a big part of what we think hospitals need to move to, uh, and yet we see so much struggle out there for hospitals and health systems to really adot- uh, adapt this kind of thinking and you know the first the first part of this this first article uh, in this series is what we posted and it's really all about that how this is such a significant shift i like to call it a paradigm shift though i know that sounds like mba speak but it really is it's such a significant shift away from what we would call promotional mm-hmm. marketing that if you're really going to embrace this at what we call a strategic level which i'll explain in a second you really need to employ some change management strategies because uh, we are seeing folks who are trying to move this kind of thinking forward and running into buzzsaws left and right internally. Uh, and so like any other kind of significant change that you're trying to employ, uh, yes, you have to understand what it is you're doing. You have to believe in it. You have to understand how to leverage it. But just as importantly, you have to understand how to build relationships, how to educate, uh, how to overcome the obstacles that you encounter internally because this really is such a change in mindset. And it's frustrating for us, but it's more frustrating for our clients that are trying to move mm-hmm, there. Definitely. And I, and I think the next, the next article, which I won't get too much into, obviously, but um, it's going to talk about how to think about content marketing at a strategic level. Uh, because, of course, I think it's safe to say that every hospital or health system is doing some level of content marketing mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so they're they've got a blog or they've got videos or they're on Facebook or they're um they've got educational content. Uh everybody's doing that. What we're talking about is replacing how you solve significant marketing challenges uh with content marketing. So a classic example is hey, we need to build our orthopedics business. Old school, classic, dominant answer to that is okay. We need some kind of promotional campaign. You know, it used to be strictly advertising. It's still primor- primarily is advertising. But we need, to, you know what. How are we better? You know, we've got great doctors. We've got awards. We've got a great experience. How are we going to promote that? Uh, maybe we've got a landing page on our on our website for the campaign. Uh, we're going to do some PR. That's what most people do. What we're trying to get is for folks to think about it in terms of, okay, we're going to build our orthopedic business by employing a strategic content marketing program. Uh, And and so not just having a library on your website or a blog, but literally packaging a program that you take to market. Uh, And so that's what the next article is going to be about, how to think about that. But the challenge in trying to do that is this, um, the internal obstacles, really. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. we just see this time and time again. We do. We do. So <laughs> what? how can you deal with this? You know, one of the suggestions I have is uh, we kind of talk about some of this in the uh, in the article, but run out and buy almost any book from John Cotter. I, have you either of you guys read books from John Cotter? I'm not familiar. No. The guy from Terminator? <laughs> no, that's not John. That's that's John Connor, <laughs> oh. not John Cotter. This is like, welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> Cotter. So he's he's written books on change and change management, and and the one that I have, uh, I think I have a couple, actually, but the one I think is fantastic, and it's really not a difficult read. It's called The Heart of Change. And I'm going to say it's about four or five years old, uh, but he really works through the key steps that you need to, to take. Uh, as far as moving your organization in a different direction. And that's really what this is about. Because if you as a marketer want to move forward from the old, tired, traditional, ineffective ways, unfortunately, you usually can't just do mm-hmm. that alone. You've got to figure out how to bring along your C-suite. You've got to figure out how to bring along your physicians, your operational leaders. Because if they're not on board with this, they're not going to allow you to go out there in the new way. Right, So pick up his book. Um, you know Some of the stuff you've heard of before, you've got to create a burning platform, meaning why is it so urgent that we need to make this shift? Uh, you have to have a vision in place. You have to communicate, communicate, communicate. I mean, that's one that we keep telling folks. Don't expect to just walk into your CEO and say, hey, we're going to take this approach. Because uh, even if he or she says, yeah, that sounds awesome, let's do it. All it's going to take is like one phone call from a yeah. doctor or one drive by a, a competitor billboard. To derail you that. know. Typically, for that, <laughs> yeah, for the CEO to be storming back in your office, going, "Where's our billboard? <laughs> we got to be out there, right?" So you got to you got to keep you know hitting on this stuff. Uh, it can help in many ways to create a pilot program, or you find some people that that get this, uh, and you build a content marketing program. Uh, again, think about service line orientation. Uh, another place you could do this is with, uh, you know, if you've got a new physician that you want to promote, we'll build a content marketing program around that physician. But find folks internally who get this, build the pilot, show the success, and that's going to mm-hmm. help too. Mm-hmm. So that those are some suggestions that we outline in there. Uh, one of them is we've done a calculation that shows just how asinine it is uh, to spend money on mass advertising uh, promoting something like surgery. Uh, what a waste of yeah. money that is. Uh, you know, we take a typical mid sized market, uh, we break it down by, you know, what their market share is, uh, how many patients they they're they're actually hitting with this message that would find that message relevant if you're trying to bring in people for surgery. And you know, the end result is literally uh what is it? It's like one out of a thousand, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm trying to find the actual numbers here. Yep. Um, literally like if you're running a TV spot, uh, you're going to reach, you know, in their scenario, we're giving roughly 2.5 million people and 2,600 of those are in a place where they would be considering, yeah, I think surgery is something I need mm-hmm. to consider and are in a position that they would actually consider a different place than your own. So they're not already patients, uh, and they're not locked into somewhere else, which is most of them. So literally, that's one out of a thousand people. That's not a very good cost-benefit analysis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So, content marketing is such a more effective uh, way to do that. It costs far less money. Uh, you're you're still going to reach those people. And even better, you're going to reach people that don't need surgery today or don't need whatever the, you know, the service you're selling today, but may need it in six months or may need it in a year. But because you're hitting them with relevant content, you're actually going to engage them mm-hmm. now, uh, which is just going to build that assembly line for you. So. So yeah, we think this is really important to take that broad of a perspective on this. So we're looking forward to getting the rest of the the articles out there to help people along. Have already heard from a number of people who say this is very helpful. So if you haven't checked it out already, give it a read. Um, you know, uh, I write a lot of these things, and I'm still stuck in the old school. You know, I, I write whatever it takes. So it's not like a little five tips to <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> content marketing. It's not like. You know, Adam, you probably roll your eyes when I pump out a three or four page <laughs> post because that's so not what you're supposed to do. But this Good stuff though. isn't easy. This stuff can't be boiled down into a three paragraph, you know, web friendly yeah. post. No, I don't
2: roll my eyes. I roll my eyes when I see a website that cranks out content at this length and then they break it up into like 50 pages with one paragraph per page so that they can get uh, impressions, ad impressions. Aww.
1: We didn't do that.
2: I'm looking at you, health leaders, media. <laughs>
1: just kidding.
0: Yeah. So anyway, check it out, and there'll be more coming on that. Um, we really think content marketing is just uh, such a I, – I, should I call it a pillar? That's another freaking MBA speak that most people would roll their eyes at, right? Adam, you've been in a healthcare organization. Do they have pillars? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Strategic pillars. <laughs> yep. This is a pillar. It's a, or to use another cliche, it's one of the legs of the stool of transformative healthcare marketing. You like that one better? Or you'd rather be a leg of a stool or a pillar?
1: Doesn't sound as cool to be uh, a leg of a stool, but let's go with that one. Sounds a
0: little more down to earth. Yeah, a little more, more down to earth. A little more reachable. Okay. Should we move on to the next let's one? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is a great. Story. This was posted by Mike Polly, right? It was from Haney's mm-hmm. Healthcare Association of. Oh, what is Haney's? Somebody look it up quick. Healthcare Association of New York, something, or Southern New York, or I can't remember what it is. Healthcare Association of New Northern New York State. Anyway, Mike is a longtime listener, uh, sometime caller. So he posted this on our LinkedIn page, and don't forget we have a LinkedIn group dedicated to this mm-hmm. podcast, and we're trying to trying to get more folks to follow it, trying to get more interaction there. So please, please, please post your questions, post your comments. Uh, we want to keep that community vibrant. But this is from uh, the Kaiser, uh, I believe it's Kaiser Permanente, yep. Kaiser Health News, which yep. is part of Kaiser Permanente, I think. Uh, it's their capsules blog. And the title is New Reasons to Like Online Hospital Reviews. The gist of this is there have been a couple studies done that, sh- that show a correlation. I'm going to use that word like a 100 times. A correlation between favorable social media reviews and a hospital's clinical quality and patient experience. Uh, so on the surface level, that seems... I don't know, somewhat obvious, right? The better hospitals that provide better care, mm-hmm. however you define it, are more likely to have better likes, more right. likes, right? I think that's fairly intuitive. Um there's some statistics in here, though, I think that are really interesting I want to pull out, and we can talk more about the details. The first one was 14% of Americans went online last year to consult rankings or reviews of hospitals or medical facilities, according to Pew, Pew Research Center. Now, we really respect the Pew Research Center. We quote them all the time. I think it's a solid research organization. Um, Two things of note there. One, they do surveys. So they're asking people whether they did this. So there's a natural inflation of people who would have answered yes because they think that's what they're supposed to answer. With that said, we're still looking at 14%, which means 86% did not, (laughs) which again reinforces that how much money you're wasting bragging about your awards Mm -hmm. when 86% of the people – have taken no action to, to check them out. So, anyway, I just had to throw it in there because it makes me laugh. <laughs> um. So this first study is uh, they looked at 40 hospitals in New York City. Uh, this is from the American Journal of Medical Quality, and after controlling for confounding influences, which I think is hilarious. I've never heard that term. Me either. Right. No. Makes me think. It makes me think of somebody going, "Confound it! <laughs> <laughs> Confound this influence!" <laughs> But but a confounding influence is like the size of the hospital or the length of the time. So variables. They're trying to control over variables. Let's just say what it is. The researchers found that hospitals with lots of likes on Facebook Mm -hmm. tended to have lower mortality rates and substantially better patient reviews. The study suggests that the number of likes on a hospital's Facebook page can be used as a proxy for patient satisfaction and indicator of hospital quality. That seems like a really dangerous thing to say. What do you guys think of that? Hmm. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's, it seems like it's a kind
2: of an odd thing to say. I mean...
0: they're They're drawing a correlation... So they look at the number of likes. They control for, well, this Facebook page has been around for a long time. So they try to, you know, of course, the longer you've been around, hopefully the more likes you have. The size of the hospital, you're more likely to have more likes if you're bigger. So they try to control for all that. And then they look at the some clinical um, metrics, and they found a correlation between better clinical metrics and more likes. What scares me is when they say, hey, if you want it, you know, basically it seems like they're saying – the number of likes on a Facebook page is an indicator of hospital quality. Wow.
2: Well, that's you know,
0: a strong statement.
2: You also a huge chunk of the followers in many hospitals, at least that we've worked with, are actually staff.
0: A huge yeah, percentage true. of
2: it. Um, so, are they factoring that in as well?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know what the what what the other variables were. But I think it's a very dangerous—certainly, um, there's if there's a correlation, there's a correlation. Mm-hmm. But to say that it can be used as a proxy yeah, um, makes it sound like if you want to find the best hospitals, just look for the ones with the most likes. First of mm-hmm. all, consumers aren't going to be able to control for the variables like size of a hospital or length of time. So how are they supposed to use that information? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, second of all, strong Facebook presence is— Often, if not more than often, driven by smart marketing. Of course, we know that it's driven by experience that you get, but are they controlling for the fact that you may have a very savvy marketing team that knows how to build Facebook or has intentionally tried to build Facebook followers? Did they control for that?
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I don't know. So, and then here's the other one. Uh, Another paper published last November in the BJM Quality and Safety. I don't know what that is. BGM Quality and Safety. It sounds like a publication. Examined Yelp reviews of hospitals using a very similar methodology. Uh, They found that... um, they compared reviews of Yelp and how they did on more traditional measurements of patient satisfaction. The hospitals that did the best on Yelp, garnering four or five stars, tended to have better mortality and readmission outcomes. And me. Now, here's the part that made my, me raise my eyebrows. They studied 270 hospitals that had at least six reviews on Yelp.
2: <laughs> six? Is
0: that really? Six. Is, that's really going to tell you a lot. That's <laughs> no, not many. Six, six could be one dude who's unhappy who's who's getting people to to review, or it could be again a sophisticated marketing team that goes, "Hey, we need to get some reviews up there. Let's have people that aren't related to the hospital post some reviews." Six, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Naomi Bardosh and her fellow UCFF researchers wrote that the data suggests that ratings posted on the commercial website may be capturing experiences similar to those driving the more systemically collected HCAPS ratings. And then this is the part also that made me chuckle. Social media allows people to share information much more readily than they do in other parts of their lives, said Dr. Ashish Jaha, professor of Harvard School of Public Health quote, if you had a colonoscopy and it wasn't a great experience, you very well might post it on Facebook. Probably because not. Facebook, Because Facebook lowers the threshold for sharing personal information. Yeah, everyone
2: wants to hear about Colon- your <laughs> anal <laughs> probing at the... Uh,
1: Colonoscopy's a bad example. God, yeah.
0: That's
2: a, that's a bad example. It doesn't
0: lower <laughs> it that much. Exactly. No.
2: And we just, I mean, we recently, <laughs> this is more around, around search and less around uh, sharing, but it's really all about trust. A couple episodes ago when it was Katie and I, we talked about... Um, the Edelman Trust Barometer, uh, which is something that this, Edelman's a big PR firm, is something they do uh, yeah. annually, or at least have been recently. Um, but it, it, it indicated that, at least within the demographic that they surveyed here, that people don't necessarily, social media isn't like a more trusted resource for people in general than something like search. In fact, search came out ab- above. Yeah. Um, and I think that that also is an indicator of you know, just in, in general, how people are interacting with the internet. You know, I, when it comes to social media, I think people are giving it a a little more merit than it deserves necessarily, or that it, that it should have. I mean, it's a place where people go to spout off and research. And research, like the one from Edelman, shows that it's not necessarily a you know a trusted resource in terms of it, it being an influencer. So I I don't know. I don't know. I think that, that some I I don't know. I think some of these resources try to prop it up a little more than it than it should mm-hmm. be. I'm not yeah. and I'm not trying I, to discredit I, it. Don't get me wrong, and I think it's certainly as influential and there's value in being there and there's value in using it properly. I just think that it's not this magical resource for, you know, gaining patients or or consumers, you know, that that some people want it to mm-hmm. be right it's right. just another and, it's just another you know resource tool resource or tool in your in your tool belt
0: well I, I this is another example of where I just get so frustrated with research i mean these are very qualified people um and i I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna doubt they found a correlation here between you know social media favoring reviews, likes, whatever, and clinical quality or patient satisfaction. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I'm sure that they've statistically shown that, but it, but for them to take the leap then that it should be used as a proxy, in other words, you can determine from that one outcome, which is favorable reviews, the quality of a yeah. hospital. I mean, to me, I would say first and foremost... Wouldn't it be more likely that healthcare organizations, hospitals, health systems, whatever, that are stronger clinically, that are, that have a better patient experience, also understand how to connect with their audiences exactly. better? They're just stronger organizations mm-hmm. and therefore are more likely to have a more sophisticated, advanced marketing team okay. or patient experience team and understand social media and therefore are using it better, which would drive more followers and more reviews. Yeah. I well, mean, not even that to me is far more likely. Well, even, even you're outside, exactly right. Even outside of marketing,
2: I mean, if you're just if you're if you're a great hospital providing a great experience and great care, I mean, you could have absolutely no marketing team, and people are still going to be out there talking about you in a positive way because they had a good experience and because they would recommend you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could take marketing out of the equation altogether and just let the voices of the public do their job using these tools, and you're going to.
0: You're going to see good results on that end, mm-hmm. right? I think I think that the problem with this is obviously the the um, the Yelp one is way too small. I, I would agree that intuitively and eventually you could use social media activity, uh, however you want to find that uh, likes, reviews, whatever, uh, as as a proxy as one marker of the quality of an organization. Mm-hmm. Because over time, okay. significant amount of time, significant amount of volume of that kind of activity, you would, you would see the stronger organizations gathering more people and, and favorable uh, encounters through social media. I think that it to- makes total mm-hmm. sense. Uh, but at this stage in the game, to use purely Facebook, like the quantity of Facebook likes or to use six Yelp reviews to base this – that is so sketchy that it's almost should yeah. be dismissed. That's my soapbox, but I would agree. All right. What I want to continue on this social media rant because <laughs> the last thing we want to talk about, and Adam, I don't even remember what you brought up, but it, it led me to something else. So, why don't you do you remember what it is that? Yeah, well, we, were, we were just far? talking
2: about some news, just general news before we started the show, and one of the articles that I had. Uh, I was perusing this morning, was talking about Netflix finally. I mean, forever Netflix has had like no direct social media integration. Um, And they are now finally, they have some integration with Facebook. I'm not sure what the extent of it is, but you'll be able, kind of like you can with Spotify, how it taps right under your stream and it can, you know, automatically share, you know, what you've been listening to and and have some statistics and stuff in terms of uh, what you've been listening to recently. Um, It sounds like Facebook is going to finally have that integrated into their platform as well uh so you can much more easily connect facebook
0: to uh or net netflix to facebook so people can see what you're what you've been watching now Why? now wait time out did they have this years ago and people got up in arms because they didn't realize that the movies they were watching were being posted on facebook or somewhere else uh i don't and think so like, i think I, it I was probably that. from someplace else i'm guessing Music, i think maybe? facebook has had or
2: yeah netflix has had an issue with um licensing and the connection to social media, there's something, something has been up there. So it's, that's why I, I believe and that. So that's, I believe why it's news now that they finally have this integrated. Um, I've talked about that in terms of like, um, connecting RDO, RDIO.com, um, and Spotify to my Facebook account on the show. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times that I was like, Whoa, when I started posting things that, um, I'd been listening to or sharing weird album artwork that, uh, you know, I didn't know it was going to all of a sudden appear
0: there. Um, so for me, I've, I keep that stuff as disconnected right, as I too. can. Listen to me. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is, I found it. Okay. <laughs> F- September 2010, Netflix ends its social ner- networking experiment. Users could share their movie viewing activity and reviews with others and even let friends see the movies in their rental queues. They could send movie recommendations to friends through the website through through their web maybe yeah, it's just through their website think, it wasn't through facebook yeah i think that's um, it but i remember the uproar that people were like what you know i don't want people knowing what i'm watching on facebook so mm. or on netflix so so they have been down this path maybe not with facebook but i don't see what the difference is yeah
1: I, I, well,
2: here's, here's an excerpt. Here's an excerpt. I mean, basically, they've started a Facebook app of some sort, but here's an excerpt um, from this start, from this story. The partnership was hard won. And that's the partnership of Facebook and Netflix. Uh, Netflix spent over a year lobbying Congress to amend a 1988 law called the Video Privacy Protection Act that previously made, made such an app illegal in the United States. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm not sure where the where the funkiness is between what they tried back then and what they're able to do now. Um, maybe it's
0: that you can actually watch your Netflix yeah.
2: account through Facebook through their app. I'm not sure. Yeah. Don't you remember
0: even our own senator, like Al Franken, like had something in Congress about this? They literally talked about this in Congress about the idea of people don't want their personal... They shouldn't be opted in for having this personal stuff shared. Right, Like right. movies. That was the... I remember the conversation. I don't mm-hmm. remember context. Jackie, you've been trying to get in. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you have something to say?
1: Well, I was basically just going to agree with both of you that I... I don't know. I just like... Anytime I sign on with something like this, like Spotify is you know, one I use frequently... I'm just always, I almost have like a sense of paranoia about like what I'm listening to being, not like it's awful or anything, but being posted to everyone over Facebook. So I just, I just hate the ideas of these things. And they're always, you know, it's never like, it always defaults you to actually post that on your page. You actually have to go in and opt out. You know, it's not very obvious for you to actually select that you don't want people to see that. And I don't know, it just stuff like that just frustrates me. You know, I don't know yeah personally I they've taken some steps
2: now during yeah they've taken some steps now during the whole connection process, like when you're signing up for something like Spotify with Facebook. It's a little more obvious now because there's like a little icon you can click and it'll say right. you know how you're assigning permissions can they post on your behalf if so, who can see it and you can change it to like only you you right. know a lot of times people don't dig into that stuff though they just click yes mm-hmm. or they authenticate it or whatever, and
0: then they're connected well, and I hate that. and this is what got me railed. I do too, this is I what got me really riled up because I, I'm not trying to diminish the impact of social media. Obviously, it's huge, mm-hmm. it's huge in so many ways. But but what I what I'm I'm getting a little tired of it of it being thrown out there as in in certain ways as just like this revolutionary, you know. And and there was actually an article we were going to cover that made me my eyes roll so hard. I said they kind of stuck. Looking at the inside of my skull, we didn't cover it, but it made me think of okay. So Adam and I are gamers; everybody knows that. And the new the new um, console generation is coming out at the end of this year. So that means you know you've got the Xbox 360, the PS3. They've been around for like five six years. There are new versions of those coming right. out. The PS4 is what they're calling it for Sony. It's coming out by Christmas, and I'm I'm I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say one of the 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 one of the things they're spending the most time promoting as part of this new upgrade is social media integration. And what they mean by that is, you will be able, while you're playing a game, to post to Facebook that you're playing this game, to share video, to ask questions. And I think, again, not that that's a bad thing, or even maybe valuable to some people, but I can tell you, from my perspective and most people that use those consoles, Adam, see if you agree with this, they're not going to run out and buy a $400 piece of equipment for that. Yeah, right. Most that's people true. don't care mm-hmm. about that. No, they're not playing video games to be, to. they're being social in the game with the people they are playing. But, but you know, you could do this for, you could have like badges posted to Facebook in certain games. Who does mm-hmm. that? Right. I mean, not very many people. So I to me, that's just another example of like, Oh wow, we've got this huge new gaming console. And this is the thing that's really cool about it. No, just give me better graphics, you know, maybe some other technology, but I could give a rip about yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I think they're missing I think they're missing the mark. I think that's totally the wrong audience to be hyping that up to and to be spending that much time on. Um it's it's not the right crowd. They're not gonna do that. I mean, we're in that crowd, we know. Right. Um that, that kind of effort is much better expended on like ninety nine cent games on on, on an iPhone or, or on an Android device. Um things that people play quickly, things that are really reachable to a very wide audience of gamers, people who aren't even technically really gamers in terms of, you know, those who will go out and buy expensive consoles or will build PCs to to support that. These are like people who have got a phone and realize, hey, there's actually some fun, cool little games that I can play on this thing. That's much more the audience, in my opinion, that's going to be um, uh, prone to post things to social media mm-hmm. about their mafia wars or their, you know, Angry Birds score or whatever. It's not the people who are Rocking it on a PS4, um, you know, or whatever the new Xbox is going to be called. It's just, this just not going to happen. And even like we, the Wii with the new Wii U, which is already out, which is their next generation. That thing, they like made their own social network. It's called like Meverse or something. It was horrible. Yeah, I've, I, uh, when I've seen reviews of games, I've been like, what the hell? What, what, why?
1: On Facebook or? It's no, so
2: good. I think no, it's. it's well, I'm guessing own. you can connect it there, but it's like its own little social network.
1: No, weird.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us to go all the way down into Netflix and gaming, but
1: <laughs> it always ends. <laughs> I up think there. it fit
0: well with the. It fit well with the prior article, which was healthcare <laughs> oriented. Which was okay. Let's chill a little bit on this. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got six Yelp reviews, that that's anyway, anyway. To quantify the value of a hospital, that just is—I uh, can't even believe that that's the the threshold they use. Yeah. So we'll just—we'll just our indignation just is nonstop. And if we don't get off this <laughs> podcast, it, people will never listen again. All right, are we—are we ready to sign off now? Sure. Is that better. a good stopping point? Let's do it. All right. So for Poopy Cruise diapers, this is Chris Bevelo.
1: Jackie Ritaco.
0: and uh, Adam Meyer.